Hey, anybody not get something you wanted for Christmas? Anybody just, anybody just honestly, anybody not get something you wanted for Christmas? I'm, I'm in that boat. Everybody else got everything you wanted for Christmas? Be honest. Come on. Some of you did not get what you wanted. Raise your hand if you didn't get something you wanted. Okay. Here's the good news. Christmas is not over. You know there's 12 days of Christmas? Did y'all know this? <laughs> Through, no, seriously. Throughout, throughout Christian history, there have been 12 days of Christmas. So I think all the way up until January 5th is still technically Christmas. So just start dropping really heavy hints to the loved ones in your life that you didn't quite get what you wanted, and they've still got, at this point, what, 10 more days, 9 more days they can get stuff for you, and you might still come out on top in all of this. All right, uh, one, one quick, quick announcement I want to give before we jump into the message is that starting next Monday, January 4th, we're going to kick off what we're going to call the 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Foundry. What this doesn't mean is you don't eat food for 21 days. Uh, if you want to do it that way, you can. But, but we wanted to have a time at the beginning of our year to take time to reflect and to pray for our own spiritual lives as we move forward into 2021 and to reflect and pray over what God wants to do in and through Foundry across this year. So we're going to take three weeks, and I want every single person, I want to challenge you to join me in fasting in some way across those three weeks. So let me, let me give you some examples of what you could do. You could say one day a week, say on Wednesdays, I'm not going to eat from Tuesday dinner until Wednesday dinner and fast for 24 hours, and in that fast, I'm going to focus specifically on praying for some needs that God has placed on my heart. Another way to fast is say, I'm going to skip every single lunch or every single breakfast or every single dinner for the whole 21 days, just one meal per day. Another way to do it is give up certain kinds of food. So there's, if you, if you read the Bible in the book of Daniel, there's something what we've come to know as a Daniel fast, where Daniel and some of his friends just didn't eat all the food that was put in front of them, but instead they ate fresh fruits and vegetables, which for some of you, you haven't had any of those in about two years. So it might be time to try something like that, to scale back and refocus your life and limit yourself. Uh, but there's other kinds of fasts to do as well. In the Bible, we almost always see it, it food is what's fasted, but there's other ways to do it as well. You could give up social media for 21 days. That would do all of us good to do that. You could give up Netflix or give up screen time. You could cut back in certain ways. And the whole goal is to take things that are so central to our lives, remove those things to open us up to more of what God wants to do. And over and over again in the Bible, we see that God responds to his people when they fast and pray. And so we're going to take 21 days. So we'll have more information emailed out to you this week, and we'll talk more about this next Sunday as we get ready to kick off the 21 days. But I want to encourage you to already be thinking how you can join in fasting and praying across these 21 days as we prepare our lives for all that God has in front of us coming up this year. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump into the message now. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. As you're turning to John chapter 15, let me set this up for you a little bit. John is a story of who Jesus was and what he did, how he lived and how he died and how he rose again from the dead. And in the book of John, you hit this point where Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to be killed. He knows it. And so he's in these last few moments with his closest followers, the 12 disciples. And he's in, it's in these moments that we get to see some of what Jesus said to his disciples. So these are like the intimate final moments of his life. He's sharing with the, the 12 closest followers in his life. And we get to listen in on what he shares. Now, he shares for a number of chapters there. If you, if you see, especially if you have a Bible where the words of Jesus are in red, you'll see how much Jesus shares for a number of chapters here. We're going to zero in and focus in on just four verses. So we're going to really focus our attention here to try to gain a key spiritual principle that Jesus wants for our lives. So John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. This is what Jesus said. I am the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's pray together today. Jesus, thank you for your words that you spoke to your disciples and you're now speaking to us. And I pray that you would open us up, not just to hear these words and be, be hearers only, but to then follow up and obey what you're teaching us here. So Lord, would you open up my heart right now to what you want to say? Would you open up every single person here, regardless of how close or far they are away from you, Lord, would you open us up right now to what you want to say to us? Would you help us to be people who bear fruit that looks like you in our lives? I pray this in your name, Jesus. Everybody said? I was doing some yard work this past week. Anybody taking a little Christmas time to, instead of relaxing, you just do other kinds of work? That's, that's my life. I, I never really take time off. I just take time to work differently. And so I was working in my yard this week, and I, I moved into my house just about two years ago. And, and since then, I've been waging war on the flower beds and the garden that the lady before me had. Sweet old lady, never met her. I think she was sweet. Maybe she wasn't. And she had all these plants and bushes and beds that she had set up. And I'm a simple guy. When I do yard work, I like to mow the grass, I like to weed eat, and I like to blow stuff off, and I want to be done. I don't want to weed flower beds. I don't want to take care of flowers. I don't want to trim bushes. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So I spent the last two years just ripping out and waging war on the plants in my yard. So, so I, I finally picked a flower bed this week to work on. It was one in the front yard. And so I go over to it, and I'm chopping stuff down. I'm digging it up. If you guys have seen Lord of the Rings... Uh, in the two towers when Fangorn Forest is being torn down by Saruman and his people. Anybody, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's being ripped down. That was me at these plants. And I was doing it, and I could hear, I could hear the ants, for those of you who've seen it. I could hear the ants just moaning right about it, but I didn't care. I was ripping everything out because I wanted to build an orc army to try to take the Ring of Power. So that's what I was doing. Anyway, I don't know what you did this past week. That's what I was doing this past week. And so I had all this stuff ripped up, and I'm just, it wasn't a big, I didn't take a ton of shrubs out, but it was probably like, 12 to 15 trees and bushes and shrubs. I was just ripping these things out, just like a total mass murderer of the shrubs. And uh, as I was doing this and just going to town, I had a pickaxe out there and a shovel and a rake, which didn't help, but I had it anyway to look like I was doing something. And I had all this stuff out there. The mailman comes by delivering all, all these packages right before Christmas, and he looks over at me, and I'm literally standing in the middle of a mound of dead trees that I have just destroyed. And this guy says, without a hint of sarcasm in his voice, Oh, so do you have a green thumb? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I looked down at the dead trees in front of me, and I, I really want to say something snarky, but he's my mailman, and I still didn't get some packages I needed you know, before Christmas, so I had to be nice to him. And so I said, no, I'm just literally ripping these out, because that's all I know how to do. I'm not a gardener. Some of you might be gardeners. You know how to make beautiful things come up out of nothing. Not me. I know how to make beautiful things leave, and I kill them. Okay, that, that's what I do. But as, as I'm reading the story of Jesus... Uh, these words that Jesus said, he says, I'm the true vine. He's trying to teach us an agricultural lesson to go, help us go deeper in who he is and what he has for our lives. And I don't know a lot about plants, but what I do know, what I've learned this past week, is when you chop them up and rip them out of the ground, they die. All right, so yeah, take notes. That's, that's point number one for today. When you chop down trees and rip them up, they die. I do know that much. And I know when you pull them up and, it's, and you pull them out of the source of life, the ground, and all that's feeding them, they die. Your Christmas tree, I hate to break it to you. You may still have it up. It's dead. It's just not alive anymore, okay? If, once you rip something up, you cut something off, it's done for. Now, Jesus, Jesus takes this very simple truth that we all know, and he applies it to the spiritual reality of our lives. So Jesus does this all the time. Takes something incredibly simple that we should all know. And then he invests some deeper spiritual meaning into it. 
That's exactly what Jesus is doing right now. And I know for a lot of us, as we look back across our year, 2020 has been rough for just about everybody. Now, in different ways. For some of us, it was tough at times, but great at other times. For some of us, it's been one long slog through, and it's been terrible. For other people, you, you still don't know COVID, what's going on, or that it's happening. You're just blissfully living your life. Good for you. Keep living it. But for most of us, it's been a hard year. And I think what's been hard for so many of us is we have allowed ourselves to be pulled up, ripped up, cut off from the source of life. Or maybe what has happened is 2020 has shown us we never had a source of life in the first place. But we, we were tied into other things that made us feel good and kept us distracted, and we missed out on the source of life. And so as I was, as I was praying this week about what the Lord wanted to do and speak to Foundry, he led me to this passage. I've been sitting in this passage for a while because I think there's so much truth for us. Here, here's the big point of today. I'm going to give it to you on the front end so you can just take a nap. The big point of today is your connection to Jesus is the source of your life. Now you're thinking, why did I come to church? I already knew that. Look, it's, it's not about gaining more knowledge. It's about gaining a closer relationship. Your connection to Jesus is the source of your life. This is how spiritual life works. This is how your spiritual life works. Jesus teaches us here. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, what does he mean by that? He means two things. One, there are other vines out there. There are other places you can connect your life to, and they will feed you, and you will bear fruit in your life that looks like those vines you're feeding from. But Jesus says, I'm the true vine. He means two things. He means he is the actual vine where we get life from. The other thing he means is back in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Isaiah, he was a prophet, and he prophesied all these things. He talks about how the nation of Israel, God's people, was this vine that God had planted. But what we know about this vine is that it wasn't a true vine. It didn't follow God. The people of Israel continually were turning away from God. And then Jesus shows up. And he is the one, just like Steve said, who perfectly followed God through everything, through temptation, through challenges, through ministry, through getting stabbed in the back and betrayed. He kept following God's will for his life. So he is the true vine in a way that, that none, of, none of us can be, none of us could ever do. He is the true vine. He is the one who fully expresses spiritual life. And here's the second thing he tells us. My father is the gardener. My father is the gardener. And this, this is what we know about gardeners back in the ancient times. So likely the vine and branches that are being talked about here would be a grapevine. So it would be a vine that would go over kind of a trellis, and it would, be, it would be held up. And then you'd have branches coming out of it that would bear the fruit. And so a good gardener would go along, and he would prune these vines in two different ways. The first way he pruned a vine is he would find all the little, the little branches that were coming off that weren't enough to actually produce any sort of grapes or good food. He would actually rip those off, which sounds really violent and brutal, but he would do this because they were taking away resources that should have been going towards producing fruit, and so he would break that off. Now, think real fast, back to your 2020. You had anything broken off in your life? Anything like just, just tweaked and taken away that wasn't actually producing the fruit that God wanted and some things just ripped off and maybe some relationships that were pulled away. Maybe it was some income that was taken off. Maybe it was something where you're putting a lot of time and energy and then that thing just stopped altogether and you had these things just taken off because God is pruning you. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Father is pruning you to where all of your resources can go towards expressing the true spiritual life he wants. So that's one way a gardener would do it is they would, they would take these small branches that wouldn't bear anything and just 
tear them off, tear them off, tear them off. The second way they would prune is they would find a branch that was doing really well. The branch was expanding out, and they would actually cut it shorter. And the reason they would do this is because if a branch got too big and it was too long, it would produce fruit that was low quality. So the fruit was still coming, but the resources were spread too thin to where it wasn't producing good fruit. And so the, the gardener would actually cut off part of that branch so that the, the fruit that was produced was high quality and good fruit. Come on, how many of us in 2020 have had things in our life cut off? And you're spread thin, and every, I don't know if I can keep up with everything, and then the, then the governor says, stay home for two weeks. And stuff's cut off. So you're, you're expanded out too far, and then everything's cut back and pulled back in. And this is, these are the two ways that the Father prunes in our lives. He takes off things that are extra, taking away resources from what he wants. And then he takes, if we're spread too thin, he can actually cut things off and help us refocus our attention. Now, this is all a spiritual principle. The spiritual principle is that Jesus is the source of our life. If we stay connected to him, we will bear fruit. If we're not bearing fruit, we're cut off. And if we are bearing fruit, we should expect to be pruned back. This is, this is how your spiritual life works. Jesus gives us a very simple illustration of this. But here's my question in all this. And maybe you're like me. I'm a pretty active guy. I don't want to sit back and just let things grow around me. I want to know what is my role in all of this. Jesus clearly tells us our role. And instead of, instead of you know, I would think Jesus is about to go to the cross here and die. Instead of giving a big hype speech, instead of, instead of standing up being like, guys, you can do this. Just go out and just be strong and keep fighting. He doesn't do all that. What does he say? He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. So Jesus doesn't give some big message of, guys, do this and work harder and keep trying more. His message is, just chill in me. Remain in me. The word remain can be translated abide which is how some older translations do it. It can also be translated dwell, dwell in me, abide in me, remain in me. It's an actively passive word. You understand what I'm saying by that? You got to do something. Like to remain somewhere, you kind of got to choose to remain there, but you don't have to work hard to remain somewhere. It's like when, when, when your alarm clock goes off in the morning. You've got to choose to hit the snooze button, but it doesn't take all that much effort, does it? And if you hit the snooze button, you can remain right where you are. It's not hard to remain where you are. It's, it's just, it's a pretty easy thing. I mean, most mornings, that's about the easiest thing I could ever do is just remain in bed. For Jesus, he's saying, hey, remain in me. Remain in me. You don't have to work harder. You don't have to try more. You just got to remain in this close relationship with me. That is your only responsibility. Now, listen, as we're starting 2021, Spiritually, your only responsibility is to remain in Jesus. Your connection to Jesus is the source of your life. It is. We forget it. We get distracted. But the source, your connection to Jesus is the source of your life. Now, here's the good news out of, out of all this. So if we remain in Jesus, then what can we expect to have happen in our lives? There's two things I want to highlight for you that you may not have seen in just reading through this passage as we read through it together. The first is this, the fruit of your life is going to match the plant you're connected with. That sounds obvious. You think, of course, of course, of course. And then we spend all of our times connecting our lives to things that aren't Jesus. The fruit of your life matches the plant you are connected with. Back when I was in college, there was, there was some orchards that we went out to every once in a while. That sounds so quaint, doesn't it? Back in 1800, we went out to these orchards together. and So we went out to these orchards every once in a while. It was up in Kentucky, and they were apple orchards. And you'd go down, and they had different varieties. So they'd have the Red Delicious variety set up here. Can I stop really, really fast? Why do Red Delicious exist? 
you might with me on this. Red Delicious are the worst apples ever. Possibly the worst fruit you could buy at a grocery store. Yeah, come on. That's a, that's a, that was an applause line right there. Why do they exist? I mean, just honestly, they're, they're the most, I looked this up this week. They're the most produced apple in America. Why? Okay, so anyway, they had those set up. And look, no one was down that row of trees. No one was picking the red delicious apples. But then you go to the galas, and then we're starting to get good. The Granny Smiths, takes a certain person to like them, but they were there as well. And you keep going. And let me tell you something. If you walk down the red delicious line, first of all, it's not delicious. Why don't they call it like red disappointment? That's, that's the new one, right? Red disappointments. So you walk down the red disappointment line. Let me tell you, you're not going to pick a gala apple off that tree. It's going to be a red disappointment. You're going to bite into it. It's going to be mealy, and the flavor's not going to be there. It's going to have wax on the outside. And you're going to go, why am I eating this? Okay, but you go down to the gala line, and what kind of, what kind of apple are you going to get off the gala line? You're going to get a gala. It's delicious, yeah, but it's going to be a gala apple. You're going to go down to the next one, the Granny Smith. What, you, what kind of apple are you going to get? Granny Smith apple. It's going to kind of just make you just wake up a little bit. You know, if you were falling asleep in the orchard, you're going to be back awake. And so every kind of apple tree bears a certain kind of apple. The same is true, Jesus is teaching us here for our spiritual lives. Jesus wants us to bear fruit, he tells us. What kind of fruit, what does it mean as a follower of Jesus to bear fruit? Well, what branch are you connected with? What vine are you connected with? If you're connected with Jesus, the fruit of your life is going to be like Jesus is living your life. Now think about that for a second. If you're connected to a Jesus vine, the fruit is going to be Jesus' fruit. So the fruit of your life is going to be like Jesus is living that life if Jesus were you. It's a weird thought, isn't it? So if Jesus were you, he'd be living in this way. He'd be forgiving people when it doesn't make sense. When you were wronged at work and someone lied about you, you forgive that person. It's going to look like sacrificing for other people when it's not required and nobody sees it. It's going to look like turning away from amazing opportunities because they would require you to turn your back on God. It's going to look like living your life in a way that Jesus would live it. That's what it means to be connected to the vine as you bear fruit that is obviously Jesus' fruit. It means living with integrity when it costs you. It means telling the truth when it would benefit you to lie. That's what bearing fruit that's connected to Jesus looks like. Here's the second thing, though. If you're connected to the true vine, uh, the second principle we can realize is not only does the fruit match the plant, but fruit happens naturally. You ever think about this? A plant produces fruit not by working harder, but by being healthier. There's no, there's no plant right now that's like, okay, it's January 1st almost, time to get back in the gym so I can produce some more apples this year. No, no plant's doing that. A lot of us are doing that, except we're not actually going to do it. But we're thinking that thought right now. We're thinking I need to get back in the gym. But, but we, we think in our mind, we, we, we made this, this connection in our mind that if I want to see more fruit, I have to work harder. But when you are connected to something healthy, and when you are healthy, the fruit comes naturally. So this, this is one of those things that over and over again Christians get messed up is we think, I've got to work harder in order to be more like Jesus. When in reality, we have to have a healthy connection with Jesus, and we will naturally bear fruit that looks like Jesus. And a lot of us are stuck, and we're heading into 2021, and there's a lot about our lives we want to fix. We want to fix this problem and that problem, and we're feeling kind of distant from God, so we've got to work harder for it. And instead of working harder, just connect yourself to Jesus. Connect yourself to him and let the fruit of who he is come through you. Your connection to Jesus is the source of your life. It's so clear. Jesus wants you to know that if you connect your life to his, then you will bear fruit that looks like Jesus. I don't know about you, but as I'm looking at 2021, that's what I want 
for my life. So fruit happens naturally. Here's my question in all this, though. Okay, so we're supposed to remain in Jesus. Uh, if I remain in Jesus, then fruit's going to happen naturally, and I don't have to work for it. It's just going to come through, and it's going to look like Jesus. That's all good. So here's my question, and Jesus doesn't answer it, by the way. How do I remain in Jesus? How do I remain in him? Jesus, I, I went through this passage, and I've gone through commentaries on this passage. Jesus does not give us a step-by-step how-to guide for remaining in him. It always frustrates me when Jesus does that. He says something, and then he doesn't tell me exactly how to do it. Because you want, if, if you want a guy to follow rules, this, this man is your guy right here. I will follow that rule. I will follow that process. If I'm, I, when I make food, I never like just make stuff. I never make like a beautiful recipe just from scratch out of nowhere. I'm following a recipe. And by God, if you tell me to put two tablespoons of cocoa in there, there will be two tablespoons of cocoa in there. There's no experimentation. There's no trying out. It's just I will do what you told me to do, and I will be happy about it, okay, because I'm going to eat a delicious French silk pie at the end of it, and I'm excited about that. I, I, don't, I don't go off, off book. But the reality, and this is why Jesus so often leaves information missing, is because there's no step-by-step guide to it's a relationship. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, all those how-to articles you look up on how to ask somebody out or how to get a guy to like you or all those things. It's like, those don't work, okay? That's written by a single person in his mom's basement. Like, those things don't work, okay? Like, they, so you can read up on the, but like life and relationships are not step-by-step, typically. It's very much organic. You have to be in relationship and not just following a process. And how would you like it if you are on, on a date? And someone says something, and then you respond back, and they go down to their multiple choice thing, and their little decision tree. It's like, okay, well, if that person says this, then I say this, and they respond. Yeah, you're not going on a second date with that person, right? A lot of us try to treat God like that. If we follow the certain rules, we can get in the right place. Jesus intentionally just says, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in a close relationship with me. Make that connection strong because the, your connection with Jesus is the source of your life. A couple nights ago, it, it, was, it was getting pretty cold, below freezing, which for us in Mississippi is like the world's ending, right? And so I went outside. I was over at my parents' house for Christmas, went outside, and, and I was going to insulate the spigot outside. You know you're supposed to do this? This is just good life stuff, okay? So if you own a house someday, you got spigots outside, gets below freezing, wrap that sucker up, or it's going to explode. I'm not going to tell you how it explodes. It just does. Somebody sticks dynamite in there, and boom, it just explodes. But the water, will, it, it'll, it'll, you'll have a big issue on your hands. And so I went out there at my parents' house. And I was going to put some insulated stuff around it. And I was, I was going to undo the hose. You guys ever un- tried to undo a hose when it's below freezing? And then you realize, like, why have they made these things so hard to get undone? Like, I, here, I actually brought one. I brought a hose uh, to show you. Now, now, you won't get the same effect because I was freezing and a little annoyed at the time. And so that, that changed the whole thing. But uh, this is a hose from Ace Hardware, y'all. The best money can buy. It's actually the mid-grade one. I didn't get the cheap one, but I didn't get the expensive one either. Um, okay, so this, this mid-grade one. Now, this thing, uh, I mean, I've tried this before. You could just hold it like this, and the water could flow through it, right? That's possible. But the problem is, as soon as you stop holding it, what happens? Water goes everywhere, which is really fun when someone doesn't, you know, when someone thinks it's actually connected, and you hand it to them, and then it goes all over them. But in general, not a good thing to do. Uh, in, in order to make this connection strong, strong enough to where Elijah freezes his tail end off when he's trying to get it undone the other night, you have to keep twisting this piece on, right? Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey, right? Keep twisting it. And in our lives, a lot of the time, especially spiritually, we think, if I show up at church and just generally keep my life together and don't kill anyone this week and don't rob a bank, I'll be pretty good. And you know what? That may be true. You'll feel pretty good about it until chaos lets loose in your life. 
and your life, your spiritual life, can't hold the pressure. And it overflows, and you lash out, and you destroy relationships, you destroy your life, and you realize that strong spiritual connection you thought you had was not strong, and it wasn't a connection. You were just adjoining. You were just close to Jesus. You were just showing up on Sunday mornings. What does it mean to remain in him? Is it every day you get up, and you just get closer to him. How? You just talk to him about whatever's going on. And then you read something from his word, and you just keep, you keep getting closer. The next day, you do the same thing. You talk with him. You read from his word. You do what it says. Next day, talk with him. Read from his word. Do what it says. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that significant, does it? You just you get up. You talk with him. You read his word. You do what it says. You know what you do the next day? It doesn't change. You talk with him. You read his word. You do what it says. And you keep doing that until it is so tight that it cannot be undone by any pressure inside of it. Until you are so close to Jesus that his life is flowing through you and nothing outside of you can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You are so connected with him because you talk with him. You read his word and you do what it says. And it doesn't feel big. It feels small. It feels like you're spending 20 minutes after you wake up and you're groggy doing those things because you are, but you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And before long, you have a connection to Jesus who is the source of your life so strong that nothing can shake it. No pandemic can shake it. No family chaos can shake it. No financial issue can shake it. No health issue can shake it. You are so close to him. This is the reality we can live into in 2021. Remain in Jesus and you will naturally produce fruit that looks like Jesus. All you have to do is talk with him, read his word, and do what it says, and keep doing that. If you're looking for a simple step-by-step, that's about as close as your step-by-step can get. But Jesus is the source of your life, and your connection to him is the way you experience that life. And so as we grow into 2021, I just want to challenge you to remain in Jesus, and he will remain in you. And that connection will be so so strong that you have spiritual life and nothing can shake that. Let's pray together today. Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would help us to love and follow and serve you, that you would help us to remain in you. And Jesus, we are trusting that you will remain in us as well. We know that on our own, Lord, you, you teach us this, in these verses we just read, that we can't bear fruit on our own. We need to be connected with you. And Jesus, right now, I believe you're speaking to to many of us through your Holy Spirit right now. And you are challenging, you are convicting us that we are not connected to you like we should be. So Lord, would would you reveal that to us? Reveal maybe what we thought was strength in our relationship with you that's really not. And would you help us to strengthen it? As we remain in prayer today, is there anyone here who would say, you know what, I'm following Jesus, but that connection is not as strong as it needs to be, and I'm going to take some steps going forward to make that connection stronger. Anyone just raise a hand right now and say that, that's me. Jesus, for the hands that are raised, the many, many hands. Anybody else say, that's me? That's where I'm at. For the many hands that have been raised, Lord, would you bless these people who are here, Lord? They, they genuinely want your life. They want to follow you, and life gets in the way and distracts us, and there's other vines we try to attach ourselves to. Lord, would you reveal to us by your Holy Spirit, where we need to adjust and shift our lives to remain in you and not in another vine. And then would you empower us to take that step? Jesus, help us start 2021 in a way where we are connected to you 
and your life is flowing in us and through us. I pray this in your name, Jesus.